Yes, and good morning. We are glad that you are here today. Looks like a great crowd, too. Thank you so much for coming and being part of our services here today. And believe it or not, you know, on Tuesday morning at 7 o'clock, Ward willing, I'm going to get on the radio and go, can you believe another month has come and gone? And January is out of here. It is gone. And uh, just wait and see how fast this year goes by. So whatever you're going to do, as Jesus told Judas, whatever thou doest, do quickly. Do quickly. Uh, time is limited. Time goes by so very quickly. Anyway, we've had five weeks of Cruising Route 22. The whole idea, looking at 2022 and how we want to live this year. And our kind of our tagline was driving and thriving with Jesus at the wheel. Speaking of Christ followers, Jesus followers, how we want to live. And we want to live with Jesus at the wheel of our lives. Our verse was 1 Corinthians, full of two twos there. 1 Corinthians 2, 2. I decided, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him Crucified. In other words, in other words, Paul said, "Listen, I've determined something, and and when you when you and I have a conversation at the consider that conversation, it's going to be Jesus Christ. Um, we go out to lunch together at the consider that conversation, it's going to be Jesus Christ. When I go to work, it's Jesus. When I go to students, when I go to school, it's Jesus. Um, when I go to the doctor, it's Jesus. Whatever I do, at the center of my world is Jesus, and and it's Him crucified. So, and, and that was a, a statement of shame for Jesus and the cross." And here's the deal. Listen, no matter what culture says about God this year, no matter what culture says about Jesus this year, I've determined to know him and him alone, including the shame that people may try to pour upon him. And our sermon title today is Don't Be Blue on Route 22. A couple of times, I know this month, I went home and told, gee, I said, oh, that's a pretty difficult message, you know. It's very hard. And so today, though, I think it's something you'll, you'll really appreciate and can really change your life. Because we would be very tempted, understanding Route 22 represents 2022, we would be very tempted, we would be very tempted to be blue. There seems to be so much. Uh, the COVID thing just keeps hanging around. And hi, my name's Dwayne. I got COVID. You know, everybody you talk to has got COVID, and it's just it's discouraging. You know, the, the supply chain is all messed up. Businesses can't find employees. It's a crazy, crazy mess. And it'd be very easy, very tempting to be just a little blue on Route 22. And we want to talk about not being blue. On Route 22. How can we best not be blue, not be discouraged during 2022? Well, again, different routes do different things. I remember back in about 1975, um, Judy and I were engaged. Hang on just a second. Siri, you've got to stop this, okay? All right. I just need to tell her she wants me to say things and do things. But anyway, you know, Judy and I were engaged but not yet married. And uh, her father was the world's greatest South Georgia redneck, and his name was Roy Smith Allen. And uh, he didn't call me Dwayne. Um, sometimes he called me son, but most likely it was boy. Hey, boy, let's do this. Hey, boy, let's do that. Well, one day, Roy Smith Allen, the world's greatest redneck in South Georgia, said to me, you know, he said, hey, boy, why don't we drive up to Virginia and see some friends up there I've got up there, and we'll take Judy along, and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll go together. I said, oh, that just sounds great, you know. So I got to room with Roy Smith Allen, the world's greatest redneck. That was interesting. And uh, so anyway, so off we go. Now, going up, we take, we take Interstate 95. 
Okay, so we're cruising along 95. I think back then we were still doing the oil thing, so probably speed limit was 55, but still, that was pretty good considering the alternative. Well, I think I planned it, and Judy, you were the GPS. You had the Rand McNally Atlas. There was no GPS back in those days. And so I said, Judy, we're going to do, we're going to take the, the Blue Ridge Parkway all the way home. You know, until it ran out, you know? And, and so, yeah. And so, well, we started. And you know, it was really nice for about the first two hours, maybe. And, you know, know, and then all of a sudden I realized this ain't going to cut it. Whatever joy was in the journey got lost, got lost. And so I turned my GPS in the back seat and said, because, you know, Roy Smith down the world's greatest redneck was in the front seat, you know. And uh, so anyways, I said, hey, GPS woman, you know, find me a different route. And so finally we were able to get off the Blue Ridge Parkway and get on something a little more straight like 95 and head on home. But the joy was there for a little while. It just didn't last. And the smile that was on my face when I first started driving the route, you know, my little Toyota car didn't last very long. And so I wasn't very happy. And I find that's true in Route 2022. There's a lot of Christians whose smile has wandered from their face, whose joy has gone from their heart, whose peace has fled away. And it's just because of the circumstances that we're living in. We probably need to remember remember what D.L. Moody said. I'm sorry, not D.L. Moody, Charles Spurgeon. Which, by the way, I wish I had his picture. You're going to really understand this when I quote this to you. But Charles Spurgeon wasn't known as Mr. Smiley. And whenever you see a picture of Charles Spurgeon, he's very stern face, very stern face. And that's only funny because of this. Here's what he said. He said, those who are beloved of the Lord. Mm, that's good. I mean, if, you're, if God loves you, that's a pretty good thing. Okay? So those who are beloved of the Lord must be the most happy and joyful people to be found anywhere on the face of the earth. Now, I would have told Charlie, Charlie Spurgeon, hey, Charlie, you need to tell your face that because it's not communicating, but it's really great words. He's right. Of all the people on earth that should be joyful and happy, it is the people of God. It's the ones who are loved by God. So we want to talk about today how that we can go through life this year, Route 2022. How can we travel this road and be joyful and be happy, okay, in the biblical sense, all right? It starts out, we start out in Psalm 126.1, and this is just a great scripture, okay? Let me give you the background. It'll make a little more sense. As you know, the children of Israel and the average Christian must have been first cousins because we all do the same thing. Um, the nation of Israel would do right, then do wrong, then do right, and then do wrong, and do right, and don't run wrong. They'd be up, and they'd be down. They'd be up, and they'd be down. Like a crazy roller coaster ride, like our song has said for the last few weeks. That's what it is. So finally, God said, you know, we need to do something. And so what he came up with is 70 years in exile. <laughs> you know, he, he thought it pretty drastic. So what he determined was he allowed Babylon. Now, did you hear that word, allowed He allowed Babylon to come in and take the children of Israel back into exile for 70 years, for seven decades. He did it because he loved them, not just to punish them, but because he loved them and to help them find the way that they ought to be traveling. 
So they went to Babylon. And I could, I'm, I, this is me talking. I'm paraphrasing here. You know, but I could just imagine. So they get back to Babylon, you know, and about two months into it, you know, they start having a prayer meeting. You know, come to Jesus meeting. They, they, they have this meeting and, and they say, hey, God, uh, listen, uh, this is not good. And we, prom- we promised God we're going to do better. And God said, well, that's really great, but you ain't leaving. So, so then, finally, it gets like 10-year mark, you know? And they're really having prayer meetings now. And, and God just keeps saying, no, no, it's 70 years. Well, finally, after seven decades, um, the time passes, and it's time to leave. And so now the psalmist in Psalm 126 writes and says this. When the Lord brought back... His exiles, I like that, his exiles. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, the psalmist goes, man, it was like a dream. It was like a dream. Can you imagine? You, some of those people never even saw Jerusalem and went back. But, but a lot of them you know, survived perhaps the 70 years. Can you imagine seven decades of exile? Seven decades of exile. And you talking about, man, when, when the king finally says, you know what, I think I'm going to let you guys go home. And it was the sovereignty of God. And so God says, it's time to go. Can you imagine what a wonderful thing that would be? It was really like a dream. Seven years of captivity. And all of a sudden, you can go home. It's amazing. It would be wonderful. And that is exactly what God did for us. And he's looking, the, the psalmist is looking back and going, you know, I remember. I remember when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. I, I, I remember that. And it's not like it just happened. Some space and time has passed, and that's really important later on as we understand the context of the Scripture. But this is what happened to us. Now, we could change one word, it makes all the sense in the world. You know, when the Lord bought, bought back his exiles to the promised land, to, to a relationship with him, it was like a dream. See, he didn't bring us back necessarily from there. He bought us. Well, how did he buy us? He bought us with the death of his precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The whole, the whole redemption story from Genesis to Revelation is the thought and the idea that Jesus Christ died for us. See, that's what I was saying. You know, when Charles Spurgeon said, uh, those who are beloved of the Lord, do you understand how valuable you are? I know some of us go through life going, I, I you know, low self-esteem and all of that. Do you understand that Jesus died for you? How incredible is that? That God loved you enough to allow his son and send his son to a Roman cross to die. How amazing is that? Well, well, our side of the story is found in Colossians 1, 13 and 14. And it is. I love the fact that God can take nightmares and turn them into dreams. You know, we say, we often say, you know, pleasant dreams, have sweet dreams. Well, listen, I don't know what your life is like, but God can take what you're going through right now that seems like a nightmare and make it a dream. And I love that. That's the kind of God that we serve. Well, here's what he did. Here's what he did for us. In Colossians, this is the New Testament version of Psalm 126.1. You know, let me read to you again. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. Well, here's how Paul put it. He said this. He said, you know, he, I love this word, he has rescued us. And it only took a rescue party of one because of who Jesus was. He has rescued us. From, now remember that word, from the domain of darkness 
and transferred us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. That was, that's the same. You know, here we were, here the Israel people were in, in, you know, were in Babylon for 70 years. And finally, through the sovereignty of God, the king says, you can go home. And it was like a dream. This is like a dream. This should be a dream for us. How marvelous, how wonderful that, that God rescued, God brought us out of this domain of darkness. Things like fear. Things like shame. Things like guilt. Things like pain. Brokenness. Embarrassment. And God rescued us from that domain of darkness, from that into this, and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Man, we went from dark into light, and we went from loveless to love, and hopeless to, to filled with hope, from, from, from the burden and weight of sin to sins forgiven. It's incredible. We don't, we don't need anything else but this. We could say, thank you for coming this morning. Let's go home. Because when you get the idea and you get into your heart that God took you from this mess called the domain of darkness and put you into the kingdom of the dear son he loves, and then in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, that's enough. I don't know what else you need to be happy in God, but you don't need anything. You don't need new cars. You don't need big houses. You don't need promotions. You don't need this. You don't need that. Kid, guys, you don't need to be you know, the, the president of the student council or the quarterback of the football team or whatever it might be that really would ring your bell. Man, when you got Jesus, you got enough. Amen. you got enough. And this, is, this was it. And this should cause us to dream. This is, you know, it was like I was in exile and God delivered me. It was like a dream. And if you can think back to what it was when you were saved, it becomes like a dream. We don't have time to do this like I'd like to, but but, but I wish I wonder I wonder if you could I wonder if you could remember. Those of you who have a good memory and, and you can go back to that day. You remember the day that the preacher or your mom or dad were reading a scripture and man you it rung a bell that, that like you were a sinner and you were separated from God and unless something happened, you're gonna spend eternity in a place called hell. And man, it suddenly was and he said, Whoo, I don't want to do that. And all of a sudden, man, all of a sudden God made it clear that Jesus loved you and died for you and for, was willing to forgive you of your sins. And that day you put your faith and trust in Jesus. And if it's a church you came forward and, and Brother Brent or somebody said, Yeah, yeah, that's how it happened, that is, and, and you prayed and received Jesus Christ. Christ as Savior and your sins were forgiven and all of a sudden you felt like different. Remember that. Listen. Shh, listen. Live. Listen to me. I'm fixing to tell you something important. Live like that felt every day. I'm going to say that again. That was really, they didn't get that in first service. Live like that felt every day. Day. And that's going to change your 2022. It's going to remove your whining gene. And my whining gene. It's, it's going to remove the gene that says, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I'm mad about this, and I'm mad about that. It's going to remove that. Because all you're going to think about is how good it felt the day you met Jesus. If you can't remember, imagine. 
Imagine what it felt like. Imagine, here you are, you know, you're, you know there's a date you can't quite remember, but imagine the weight of all your sin was on you, and then Jesus took it away. Imagine all the fear of eternity separated from God, and God took it away. Remember the fear of laying your head down on the pillow, and you knew if you died, you, you, you would spend eternity in hell, and God took it away. Just imagine. And that's why we can face 2022 with joy. With joy. Our teaching point says this. You know, it's it's really just a series of teaching truths, but it's from the lips of Jesus. Listen to this. John 8, 36. So, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus said that. I like to put it in first person. Jesus could say it this way. So, if I set you free, you'll be free indeed. And what you've got to realize is this. You've got to realize this, is that there's free... And there's Jesus free. There's free and there's Jesus free. And when you trusted Christ, that's what he did for you. He set you free. You know, the next one says, John 8, 32. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Wow. Thank you, Jesus, for that. See, see, the truth is the gospel. But the truth is the Jesus of the gospel. You know, Truth is a truth, but truth is a person. See, in John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And this is, oh, listen, this is all that Jesus did for you today. You trusted him. It's, it's, listen, you, we, if, we could live, if we could live our life today like we felt that day, it would radically change 2022 for us. We can't. Well, in, in the next verse, in 126, 2a, here's, here's how the psalmist says it. I like this, you know. So, so here we were. So, oh, 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 he said, I remember, I remember the day um, that, that God turned us loose and we were free from exile. It was like a dream. He said, in matter of fact, we were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. Now, as about now, I need to tell you something. This was not what he was seeing as he wrote this. He's remembering. You know why he's remembering, Joe? He's remembering because as he looks around, the people are starting to do the very same things that got them in, in exile in the first place. They got back and they were so excited and then they saw the walls were torn down, the the temple was burned. The crops wouldn't grow. There was no real organized government. And all of a sudden, that joy of, we're free, became, God, is this the best you've got for us? And I'm afraid that's what we see often in our lives today. We forget that we were hell bound. And bondage and guilt and fear and dread and all of that. We forget that's what we were. And all we look around and say, God, is this the best you got? Is this the best you can come up with? A world possessed by some silly virus. Government that's messed up. A culture that's messed up. Churches that are messed up. Is this the best you can do? That's what they seem to be saying. And the psalmist is going, but I remember... 
I remember when he, when he brought us back from the exile to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. And this is starting to look like a nightmare again. And, and he says, I remember we were filled with laughter. As we, made, as we made our way, as we made our way back to Jerusalem, the songs of Zion were being sung and there was laughter in the crowd. And now the laughter is gone. And sadness and depression and discouragement. We must be careful that we don't allow that to happen. And the way to keep that from happening is to live each day and experience each day like the day he got saved. Remembering that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to you. Jesus is... I know, we get confused. We get confused because we think church was the best thing that happened to me. Let me tell you something. Church is not the best thing that ever happened to you. Religion was the best thing that happened to me. Was it? You might have lost 50 pounds. Woohoo! Or you may have, you know, if I could just quit alcohol or drugs, if I could quit, it would be great. No, 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 no. Jesus is what makes it great. Those are just symptoms of what Jesus does. Don't start, don't start valuing the blessing more than the giver of the blessing. And that's what we do. That's what we do. But he says, oh, we were filled with laughter. Now, now here's, write this down if you're a note taker person. You know, when, when you own, when you own the good news, the gospel, and the gospel, the good news, owns you, your life is filled with laughter. And, same story. And, see, and that's what Charlie was talking about. Those who are beloved of the Lord must be the most happy and joyful people to be found anywhere on the face of the earth. The reason he said that was because he understood the importance of Christ. Christ is all we need. And oh, if we could reach the point where Christ is all we want. How amazing that would be. You know, Proverbs 17.22 is a good verse. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Without messing with scripture, uh, let me just do a little insertion there, okay? Um, a merry, remembering heart does good like medicine, but a broken, forgetful spirit dries the bones. The more we remember what Christ has done for us, the more merry our heart will be. And the more we forget all that God has done for us, the more our spirit dries the bones. How's your heart? How's your heart? How's your bones? How's your bones? It all depends on what we do with Jesus. You know, Proverbs 15, 13 says, A glad heart makes a happy face. And this is important. See, see, this is, this is good. This is good for us. You live longer if you're happier. Okay? You live longer. But it's good for the kingdom too. Because see, there's a world out there that's watching us. And they're going, you know, if that is what Jesus does for people... I'm not sure I want him to do that to me. 
If, if, if that is what Jesus does to people, I don't want him to do that to me. So this is important. This is so important that we make sure the world sees what Jesus did for us. Living. Loving. This isn't. Peter, what's that word? Pollyanna. Is that the word we used the other day? Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about Pollyannaism. I think that's a new word. I'm not talking about, you know, we got to walk around with smiles. But I'm just saying there's this peace. There's this thing that the world goes, dude, I don't know what you got, but I want it. You know, have you, have you discovered if you're in Walmart and you cough? Oh, my gosh. 40 feet around you. You know, well, have you ever figured that might be what's wrong with our evangelism program? People see and we act ungodly in public and they don't want Jesus. I mean, if he does that to you, I don't want him to do it to me. It's just, it's just a powerful, powerful thing. Um, S.D. Gordon... Um, he's just a preacher. I just like to give credit, you know. You know, he, he's a teacher. But he said, you know, joy. Let, let me pause on this word joy because there's something I taught you for the last two years now, maybe three, you know. Biblical joy. Remember this? Biblical joy is a deep sense of well-being based on our faith in God and trust in His sovereign will. Do you remember that? Well, now's a good chance to write it down if you didn't, okay? Biblical joy is a deep sense of well-being. Regardless of circumstances, regardless of 2022, regardless of who's in the White House, regardless of who's not in the White House, regardless of the State House, regardless of the supply chain, regardless of the economy, regardless of the stock market. Biblical joy is a deep sense of well-being based on my faith in God and trust in sovereign. Well, he says the same thing, he just says it differently. You know, joy is distinctly a Christian word and a Christian thing. Uh, it is the reverse of happiness. Now, see those brackets? I stuck this in there. Uh, I want to help SD out, okay? So, it is the reverse of happiness, which results when things are going well. When we are happy when things are going good. When the stock market is up, we're happy. When we get the promotion, we're happy. When our marriage is good, we're happy. When the doctor gives us a good report, we're happy. When we get a, a pay raise, we're happy. Okay? Happiness depends on circumstances. But then he comes along and says, joy, on the other hand, has its springs deep down inside of you. And that spring never runs dry, no matter what happens. And if you remember correctly, we talked about joy we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. joy. So God gives you this joy, and it never runs dry. But listen, only Jesus gives that joy. You won't find it at Walmart. You won't find it in your health report. You won't find it in the stock market. You'll find it only with Jesus. Well, Psalm 126, 2B in the third says this. The, the nation said, this is when they came back. So, so they get back in town, you know, and they're, and they're still joyful and they're happy and all this. And, and, the, and the nations around are looking and they're going, wow, what amazing things God has done for them. You ever wonder what culture says about the church? You, you, ever, you ever wonder what they say when they see us? 
I think that's a fair question. Are, are they saying, oh, wow, that Dorisville Church, that First Baptist Church, that McKinley Church, the First United Church, the Assembly of God Church, the Nazarene Church, Little Chapel Church, the Rhodes Church, you know, pick a church. You think they're saying, wow, what wonderful things? Or are they saying, they can't even get along with each other? They fuss and fight like two old tomcats on a Saturday night. What do they say? And I really honestly, I'll, I'll, be very, I'll be honest and I'll help you a little bit. I think they said that when they first got back in town. I don't know how long, but they didn't say it much. Because again, the, the kids of God were starting to act like, like they did before they went into exile. But at least initially they said it. But the psalmist saves the day and says in verse 3, Yes, yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. And that's what I'm trying to say. I want you to do 2022 remembering what God has done for you. And it's going to change your countenance. It's going to change your habits. It's going to change the way you look at church. It's going to change the way you look at your family. It's going to, <laughs> shall I go on? It'll change the way you look at your parents. It'll change the way you look at your husband. It'll change the way you look at life, your neighborhood, your country, your world. When you start remembering, oh yes, the Lord has done Amazing things for us. What joy. What joy. What, what, what amazing joy. So here's our, here's our teaching point. Don't forget. Don't forget to see and celebrate what is obvious to those around you. Often, those looking in can see things we don't. And I bet there are people, if you ask them, what do you think God's doing in my life? They would tell you, let me tell you, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this, and it's going to be a blessing to you. You're going to see freshly the things that God are doing for you. And then secondly, don't let the stones do your worship work. And that's a reference to Luke chapter 19, 10. And make sure your worship work is filled with gratitude. You, you remember the scripture, don't you? Remember Jesus is going into Jerusalem. Everybody's going, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed be the name of, of the Son of God. And, and the Pharisees and the scribes get all mad about it and say, Hey, tell them to be quiet. And Jesus said, I can't do that. And if I did do that, the rocks would crawl out, call, uh, call out instead. Listen, 2022, if you like the music or don't like the music, okay, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is. If you don't like the surrounding, whatever it is. Don't let the stones do your worship work. And make sure your worship work is filled with gratitude. Be thankful for what God has done for you. And remember this. Remember this. If all you ever get out of God is Jesus, that is more than enough. If all you ever get is Jesus then your cup can and should be overflowing. All right, so here's the turning point. This is it. In Psalm 126.4, this is what he says. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Now, you'd be tempted to say when he says restore the fortunes, oh, make things better. 
make things better. Hey, God, is, you know, could you like get the temple rebuilt? Could you get the walls rebuilt? A little rain to help the crops would be good. And that is not what he's talking about. He literally is saying, in fact, if you've got a King James Bible, it says, turn again the, act, the captivity. And what he's saying is, make me, help me remember what it was like when you set us free. So, 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 so we say this, you know, Lord, help us remember what it was like when you set us free. You know, like a stream, like a stream renews the desert. Oh my goodness, that is good. That is good. He's saying, God, if you'll, if you'll help us remember how good it felt to be set free, it'll be just like a stream waters the desert. And look at me. If you will remember how good it was the day Jesus set you free, it'll be like a stream in the desert. It'll be that refreshing to you. So, so my challenge is, so, so what do we need? What do we need in 2022? We need a remembering heart. Don't, don't look around. Don't look around and say, uh, you know, God didn't do this and God didn't do that. Remember what he did for you. I would be better if I had this or I had that. Let's look at our teaching point. Here's what it says. Now, with freedom comes bounty. Not necessarily with this economy, but most certainly in his. Now, here's the problem. And in this Western culture of America, particularly, um, there is a thought that we measure the blessing of... Well, you know what? I just thought about it. The Jews did this. If a person was wealthy in Jewish times, it was just assumed that God was blessing them. Well, we just don't in Western culture. So, so the way we measure the blessings of God is with dollars and cents. God, you're obviously not blessing me because my bank account's empty. And so we, we say, oh yeah, dollar and cents. We, we, um, we judge it with, with prosperity, the kind of car we drive, the kind of house we live in, get to live in. Oh, oh God, well, you know, if you love me, I would have that. We judge the blessings of God by our health reports. Let me tell you something. With this freedom that I'm talking about today, with remembrance and the freedom comes this bounty. But don't get hung up on the idea it comes from this economy. God is not a health, wealth, and prosperity God. Oh, He can do it. And sometimes He does. But don't hang up His blessings on your life gauged by health, wealth, and prosperity. Well, Dwayne, what do you measure it by? Oh, my goodness. His grace, for goodness sake. His grace. You will not spend one day in hell. Because of his grace. You will never walk through one dark valley by yourself. Because of his grace. And you will spend eternity in a place called heaven. heaven celebrating his grace. Don't, get, don't do this. Don't, don't buy this junk out there. This health, wealth, and prosperity. That, that's the only way God blesses. And he does bless that way. When he chooses. But each one of us. Sitting in this room, if you've experienced God's amazing grace, you've experienced the blessings of God. Um, a, lady, a lady wrote this. Um, her name is um, Vanitha, what a name, Vanitha uh, Reisner. Look what she said. The abundant life doesn't rest on health, wealth, and prosperity. Now, I want you to write that down. 
Because some of y'all are believing that. Some, some, some preacher told you a long time ago that if you trust God, if you ask Jesus in your heart, you get health, wealth, and prosperity thrown in with a deal. And you're mad at God today because you aren't healthy, you aren't wealthy, and you're not prosperous. Well, that's because somebody sold you a bunch of bunk, told you a lie. It rests on Jesus alone. It rests on Jesus alone. And that means the poorest believer has the same blessing as the richest believer. They both got the same Jesus. You got the same Jesus. And as, by the way, just let me try. The best is yet to come. Everything you got here is going to, you know, wood, hay, and stubble. There's something better coming. He, Jesus, is the abundant life. He, Jesus, is the abundant life. So, so you're sitting there and you're going, oh, that really, yeah, well, I, I bet, I bet she lives in California. I bet she's got a mansion. I bet she's got a big car. I bet she's held. It's easy for her to say that. Really? Let's read her story. What do you say? Here's what her story says. I was bullied as a child. I suffered multiple miscarriages. I've buried a son. I deal, as in current events, I deal with a deliberating, debilitating disease. I was left by my first husband. And I struggled with single parenting. And then she says this, just for us. So I understand loneliness, fear, and discouragement, and tragedy. That feels pointless. You know, we don't always get the privilege, Barbara, of of understanding why God does what he does. We don't understand why he doesn't cure our cancer, or why our child dies, or why our marriage goes south. We don't understand why he allows that stuff. Sometimes, and by the way, it's never pointless. But it seems pointless. But I know, she says, in spite of bullied as a child, multiple miscarriages, burying a son, a disease, and being abandoned by a husband. But I also know the grace of God. That's what I want for us for 2022. I want us to know the grace of God in spite of crazy circumstances. I know the grace of God who meets us, who transforms us and changes others in and through our suffering. Our suffering. I I, I don't know what 2022 is going to be like. I don't know what it's going to be like for me. I don't know. But I know this, that I know the grace of God that meets us. I know that. And, and, and I know the grace of God that transforms us. And I know that no suffering is pointless. That God might well use my suffering to tell a world that he loves them. So there we are. There we are. Enjoy the journey this year. Don't get hung up in circumstances. Don't get hung up in, in what you might perceive as Promises made by God that he didn't keep. Just remember 
what he does promise, to love you and not forsake you and to keep you. And if you're here today and you heard enough of the gospel to understand Jesus today, we talked about him dying on a Roman cross, and he did that because he loved us. He loves us. And my friend Brent's going to be standing down front, and we'd love to talk to you about Jesus. And if you're here today and you're in a difficult place and you're just discouraged, you know, you, there, there seems to be so many unanswered questions in your life right now. Remember this. If you can get to a point where you live and feel like you did the day you met Jesus, you're going to find peace and strength in that. You'll be able to find a comfort in that. And, like I said, for the kingdom's sake and for our sakes, he'll bring a merry heart to us. Remember that a remembering heart is a merry heart. And if we forget, a forgetful spirit dries up our bones. Let's pray together. Well, Father, thank you very much for the privilege of sharing today these truths. And you know what, God, I realize? Father, I really want for me and for these people that I love And I want us to go through 2022 together. And I want us to go through 2022 not based on the things that the world promises, but what you promise. Father, help us to remember that if we have you, Jesus, it is enough. Give us the peace that we need. Give us the strength that we need. We praise you and thank you that you delivered us, you rescued us from the domain of darkness and to the wonderful kingdom of the Son that you love. Thank you that we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Help us to walk with all of that through 2022. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen.